From Crema, this is Option 5, a podcast about product and innovation teams and how they take the leap to say yes and figure it out. I'm George Brooks. And I'm Dan Linhart. We've been having some interviews recently. Yeah, with members of our staff. Yeah. Um, and last time we had a chance to talk to Landon, one of mm-hmm. our product strategists. Um, awesome conversation around alignment. And this time we're going to jump into actually another product strategist. Tyler Hilker um, is actually, he has a really cool background because he's been in the big agency world for a long time. Mm-hmm. Big ad in product firms. And him joining Crema, gosh, how long has it been? Um, Just a little over a year. Yeah. Yep. Um, about a little over a year ago, it's, it's really cool to see how he has adapted to working more with small collaborative teams mm-hmm. and really the value and the the, the pros to that. Yep. So, uh, so let's go ahead and jump in to the conversation. So we've been talking a lot about product teams, why Crema uses product teams, why we feel like it's the best way to build products. Um, but we thought today, why not bring someone in who's doing that on a day in, day out basis? So joining us in the studio is our now director of creativity and strategy, uh, but formerly known as uh, one of our product strategists. And Humble as, product strategist. And, and also does a lot of product strategy still. Uh, Tyler Hilker. Thanks for the, thanks for the interview. I'm, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> That's such a good face. <laughs> um, well, cool. I don't know where in this doc those questions were. So, Dan, you want to kick us off? Sure, absolutely. So, Tyler, tell our listeners a little bit about what you do. What's your role here at Crema? So, my role is, as George mentioned, part product strategist. So, I'm still doing client work, helping our clients understand the best strategy for them to move forward with their products and programs, uh, helping them understand the market and the context in which they're... Um, thank you. Uh in which they are trying to move. And part of that is um, just being able to stay sharp and force me to pay attention to things that are going on in the the broader world rather than just the crema aspects of my We, of we my day often job. call out when someone comes to the door. Uh, someone's, someone's at the door. Someone's mm-hmm. at the Do door. Do you want me to go get that? I no. usually go get that. <laughs> your, your desk is right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm conditioned. Uh, so half, half my time is is dedicated to actual client work Mm. and then the rest of my time is dedicated to supporting the strategists and designers in their work so helping them with one-on-ones or think through things most of the time it's just a sounding board for things that they want to do because we have a uh, one thing that has been uh, affirmed for me and as I've moved into this role and having these one-on-ones is how uh, how distributed the responsibility for the growth of our company is so Mm -hmm. when a designer has an idea for something I don't have to say, oh, I don't have time to do that. I can say, do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Consider these things and go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about it. And that's a, that's been fun to get a different side of that kind of exposure. Mm-hmm. I think that actually, <clears throat> that is, it's interesting how we started as a small product team by nature, the fact that Crema is small. And a lot of companies start that way. So I think most startups are, by definition, small product teams, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then as they grow, they do tend to change. But what's interesting is I think that as I'm studying product teams more, I'm realizing how much more of a culture thing it is. Mm-hmm. And you kind of mentioned some stuff there about culture in the sense of the distributed decision-making or dis- distributed leadership and how you empower the on- a team to be autonomous, 
which sounds like a driverless car at this point, <laughs> but to have autonomy to make decisions, to move, move a product forward, to move their team forward. Um, how do you, well, I, I don't want to get too much into that, but I think that's, mm-hmm. that's, I'm just more affirming what you said. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's interesting about how Crema has grown is that we've continued to let that be a part of who we are mm-hmm. as a cultural even as the company has grown, mm-hmm. yeah. um, there's still leadership in play. Absolutely, but we really value the the um, ethos of like the thought of the entire company. Right. So, Tyler, you've had um, over almost close to 15 years in product mm-hmm. to some extent, UX, uh, creative direction. Mm-hmm. Um, most of that has been in big agency world. And yeah. you've been here at Crema a little over a year, so not big agency, small agency. Mm-hmm. If you wouldn't mind, kind of compare and contrast, in a, but with a focus on product teams, how we operate here, and why, as you've come to work here, why that works well, and 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 how um, you've seen it work well for our clients. Yeah, the biggest, uh, obviously, size is is a factor, but not just size of the company and size of the team, but size of the body of work and we break it down differently Mm. because we, our teams are smaller. We are forced to attack the most meaningful aspects of a project first. Mm. And so kind of tip of the spear type process, which is helpful for most of the products that we're (laughs) thinking uh, back to yesterday where I I said something like, I'm going to, what was I say? What did I say? Dang it. Well, you mixed (laughs) tape. Sorry, you mixed take the the reins and spearhead this. And And it was take take the the spearhead. (laughs) Let, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna have you take the spearhead on this. <laughs> kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah, reinventing the moon, so, etc. I'm sorry, I'm so easily distracted. C- continue. Uh, <laughs> oh sorry. yes. So the most meaningful. Yeah, yeah. So we so in our strategy alignment sessions, we just from a strategy perspective, we have to figure out what's most important. Where are we going to start? What's going to be the most? Where are we going to get the most leverage out of something? And sorry, out of the corner of my eyes, how you looking? Um, so in a strategy alignment sessions, we have to figure out where the we're where we're going to get the most leverage out of this engagement because another factor of our engagements is a lot of them tend to be really short, mm-hmm. and so we have little time to make a significant impact, mm-hmm. one that can justify more work for the client down the road. Mm-hmm. And so we can't just say, oh, this is a, a huge back end problem. We need to start with the back end, unless that's actually going to get the client what they need. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, there are more facets to the problem. In previous world, we were often... Uh, there Pre- was previous some, world being large agency. Large agency yeah, world. Okay. Mm-hmm there were the projects were more well defined mm. at the outset and the outcomes were long term and we knew that they were huge and it was going to be kind of a a marathon mm-hmm. and where to start was generally the same in a lot of ways there was there it's not it wasn't totally algorithmic but uh, but a lot of the programs and projects were similar and here again in the strategy alignment sessions it's do we start which part of the design do we start with? Which part of the dev do we start with? Uh, do we even need development for the first few weeks? Mm-hmm. Some of that happens in the sales calls and the, the client onboarding. But the uh, just identifying leverage is is done in a totally different setting with small teams like this. Mm-hmm. And that's been, as a strategist and product designer, it's been fun to 
think about not just what we're going to design and what we're going to build and deliver, but the process for how we get there and mm-hmm. helping the client see you don't just need an app. You don't need a website that does this. You need something that does specifically this for these reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's all very, very intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I heard there was in a smaller product team context and help I'm processing mm-hmm. this, you can modify your process at will in order to start, consider, tackle the most meaningful part of the problem without having to have something so standard to where you may not, you're starting, but it may not be at the most meaningful part. Is yeah. That, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and part of that too is because we have smaller teams, we can adjust more quickly. Mm-hmm. So there've been several times where as we're, uh, as we're building something out, we learn, we get new information, we get new context, whether it's from the end users of the product or the business owners of the product or the development team or anybody. So, oh, there, there's this new piece of information that drastically affects everything else. We can shift really easily with, with the smaller teams and again, continue making an impact, not just building a monolith. Mm. That's good. How do you, when you work, when you're working within your product team, um, how do you find that you work with the other crafts on the, on the team? Honestly, I'm, I'm still adjusting to that in a way where having been a designer for so long and an actual, like an individual contributor, I'm, I'm still learning to describe the constraints and the, the vision for what I think needs to happen without actually doing that. Mm-hmm. So before, um, I heard somebody say a long time ago that wireframing is thinking and it was true in that I, I don't always know what I want or where I should go until I actually start doing something. And so part of my role as a big part of my role as the strategist is not defining step by step by step. That's right. usually the product manager. Mine is taking a look, look at the context and saying, this is, this is the area in which it makes the most sense to play and doing that. Uh, for everybody from a development perspective, for design and even the product manager, just saying, play, I think we should play within these. If something, if you hit up against a fence because it makes sense to hit up against that fence, let's talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. But let's agree that all of this makes sense. Mm-hmm. I find that <clears throat> within a small team like this, you, you, I don't want to say weed people out, but kind of, I mean, like you figure out who is actually contributing and who's not. Mm-hmm. Whereas I know larger agencies in general tend to stack a team with any number of different associate director, director, mm-hmm. blah, 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 which is fine. I know that why that was designed that way, mm-hmm. but um, I think you can hide in that team a lot easier and um, you can't really mm-hmm. hide in a mm-hmm. small team because okay. if you're not contributing, if your leg of the stool, if, you know, analogy wise, isn't hold, you know, holding their weight or pulling their weight or, you know, passing the spear or whatever. <laughs> Another is a spear. Yeah. Just carry it. Um, it's, it, it immediately shows up. Um, and, and it, it forces you to address those things faster. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, it also increases the level of responsibility and a broader, a broader responsibility. So I'm not as the product designer, I'm not just responsible for designing this one aspect of things. I'm responsible for asking a whole slew of questions Mm. that affect my design. So where's this information coming from? Mm -hmm. How do we get the API for this? Why does the why does the end user actually need this thing? Why is the client requesting this? Sometimes that's my job, but because 
as a strategist, I don't have the same allocation as a, a designer right. ever. Mm-hmm. It's on them to say, why did you tell me to do that? I mm-hmm. say, well, actually, you know what? You bring up a good point. We probably don't need to do that. Yeah. Right. And same thing with developers. And I think everybody here is, is really good about asking those kinds of questions because there's a, a strong sense of accountability, not because uh, I think you're going to screw up or you're terrible at your job, but because we all want to make the best thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that's been uh, good to fall back on. Mm-hmm. I can say, oh, okay, you're not asking in this way that makes me feel uncomfortable because... It's a healthy push and pull. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's never anybody trying to be combative, mm-hmm. but everybody's saying, well, help me to understand why so that we can do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Healthy debate's good. So one thing you mentioned in there made me think about how the culture of product teams is directly created or associated to the culture we have at Crema. Yeah. yeah. Is um, you mentioned tackling the most meaningful part because of due to some constraint time or um, size of team at our size at, you know, almost 40 people, when we tackle a business problem within our own walls, we kind of operate by the same Mm -hmm. process of, we don't have huge amount of resources. Um, but we do have the right resources. We just need to tackle the most meaningful part of whatever business problem we're trying to solve internally. Yeah. So very just resonated there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think similarly, we've, there have been a handful of ideas that come up and we think, let's talk more about that. And, and we iterate and we pivot within those ideas and there's a willingness to say, you know what, this actually, this idea isn't going to fulfill the things that we thought it was going to right out of the gate. And so some, again, similar to a product team, we, we can say, you know what, that's not going to give us the leverage that we think we need. It's, it's a fine activity, but we're not going to get the outcome that we want based mm-hmm. on that. Okay, so how do you, as a strategist or product designer, well, let's let's kind of lean on the strategy side of things. How do you get um, how do you get better at your craft? Oh man, lots and lots of reading, mm. and not so much reading what's what's new and things that are current, but I've been finding a lot of value in books, like things that are old things. Mm. So Jeff Bezos is famous for the thing focus on the things that aren't going to change and so as a strategist there's because we're an agency we don't always get to decide on the things that are going to change for our clients and for Ras Krema there are certain things that are and aren't going to change Mm -hmm. but for my clients uh, they have certain contexts that aren't going to change Mm -hmm. or that they can't impact so they're operating within an industry that moves very very slowly Mm. we can't change that so what are the things that we can change Mm. And me getting me doing some reading on a, a certain aspect of that technology or that industry more broadly gets me a sense of of that of those kind of the currents versus the waves. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of times their startups move with the waves, mm-hmm. and those are one harder to predict and harder to ride than the predictability of certain currents. And so, I love that analogy that you mm-hmm. just did there. Me I mean, too. and you wrote it. You wrote it like a wave. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sorry that I cut you off. Keep going, please. No, I uh, wish I, I just had, I had to say that. I know. <laughs> Can, could we please be someplace warmer right now? <laughs> Looking outside, yeah. and it's maybe going to be a little bit warmer today. But It'll warm. I up. wish there was waves out that window. I wouldn't argue with that. Okay, but do you need? We're in open Can- a Malibu office. <laughs> we're in Kansas. We're, we're in Kansas City. Yeah. Continue. Uh, so, the the waves are important, and that's where we often find our clients, and frankly, a lot of our users is because that's 
the most visible aspect. That's the aspect that they feel most vulnerable to mm-hmm. is these waves that they see. And, oh, my boss wants me to do this or this user said this, things like that. But the currents that are driving user behavior, that's often trends that you see when you do user interviews with a product or before you get into a product, like when you're doing discovery, those trends are more like a current rather than waves. Mm-hmm. And so how do we identify those within the context of this particular aspect of it? Uh, and so I guess t- to summarize this this little ramble, just paying, paying attention to, I get better at my craft as a strategist by paying attention to things that are slightly below the surface and pl- understanding that dynamic between the surface and, and a, a few feet down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, lots and lots of reading, older older business books, older strategy books, uh, just to figure out where a lot of the stuff came from. Because we take when we take for granted um, that kind of work, we mm-hmm. lose sight and we get caught up in things that don't actually matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very easy to jump on the next train, mm-hmm. right. especially with us wanting to learn and unlearn and change so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to jump on like, you know, Oh, that sounds cool. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to some of the core principles about, you know, how people communicate, how people work together, how decisions are made, how, mm-hmm. um, how culture affects productivity, how, mm-hmm. you know, even agile, agile was developed, you know, decades ago. And, mm-hmm. and yet now we can say, you know, it's still a principle we, we believe in, you know, mm-hmm. people over process and iterative small sprints and things like that. So, yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you for, um, for joining us. Thank you for jumping in. Thank um, you. I'm excited. It's to, fun. I'm excited yeah. to do more of these. This is good. It's going to be here. It's good to I see like your face. Indeed. <laughs> I saw a video. On the, Indeed it is. On the, <laughs> I can see my face. The, the, Thank you. The Crema in 60 seconds video, you were, um, less, Less, uh, less facial hair. It's it's winter, and like mm. you mentioned, it's cold outside. And I like I love being outside in the cold. Mm-hmm. And the beard helps. It does. I can't I can't do it. It's a scarf that goes with you everywhere. <laughs> you <go. laughs> all right, all right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you think about it, would you give us five stars? That helps us out a lot. This podcast is edited by Larissa McCarty with help from our growth team, Gabby Brotherton, Nate Olson, and Alexa Houston. Check out our show notes at option5podcast.com. Crema is a digital product agency that crafts product teams that design, build, and ship innovation to the world's top scaling companies. We believe that creativity, technology, and people can change the future of business. Learn more about Crema at crema.us. I'm Dan. And I'm George. And you've been listening to Option 5 by Crema.